0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Johncast. My name is John Jorgensen. A few weeks ago, uh, Sweet Bear and I, we went over to her brother's house uh, with a very small group of people, And he has kind of the third floor apartment, so he has the roof uh, of his, like, we call them three flats here in Chicago. And so his top floor means that he has roof access, and the roof is his to do with as he pleases. And on that night in particular, uh, he set up a big white sheet and a projector, and we were going to have a movie night. So we did this thing where everyone who was there put in two of their favorite movies or one being their favorite movie and then the other being just a movie that they would want to watch. And we picked from the hat uh, to see what movie we would watch. And we picked The Sandlot, which is not at all what I want to talk about. I want to talk about another movie that someone had written down because after we watched The Sandlot and before everyone left, we picked out all the other movies to kind of see what could have been with the night and one of the movies that someone had written down aka sweet bear was the movie mean girls uh do you all remember mean girls great movie a tina Fey movie starring lindsey lohan rachel mcadams uh you can't sit with us Good for you, Glen Coco. You go, Glen Coco. That Mean Girls. If you don't remember, in the movie Mean Girls, Caddy Heron, the main character, is looking to take down the plastics or the click of, quote, Mean Girls at her school. But Caddy has a plan. Rather than going after their leader, the evil Regina George, who is geniusly played by Rachel McAdams, she's unrecognizable and incredible in it, Instead of going after Regina George, Caddy starts by attacking Gretchen Wieners, another girl in the plastics. You see, Caddy knows because her friends tell her that Gretchen is the linchpin that holds the whole group together. So if she can take down Gretchen, she can take down the plastics. And this movie came to mind this week because the Gospels are a lot like Gretchen Wieners. I bet that is the only time that that phrase has ever been said in the history of the world, by the way. Uh, So let me explain this perhaps using a better metaphor. Uh, In his book, Reading the Gospels Wisely by Jonathan Pennington, which is a book we've talked about a lot throughout this series that I highly recommend you read. If you're looking for an academic dive into the Gospels. But in that book, Pennington uses the image of a keystone in a Roman archway to describe the relationship that the Gospel accounts have with the rest of Scripture. And I'm going to have to describe this to you because a podcast is an auditory... Is that a word? Auditory? An audible medium? It's a listening medium rather than a visual one. So I'll describe it if you don't know what it is. In a Roman archway, at the very center, there's one stone that is sort of a little bit bigger than the rest of them. And right at the center, right at sort of the apex of the arch, that big stone is there. That's called the keystone. And what that keystone is there for, it's not just there for design, but it provides, obviously, a connection from one side of the arch to the other. And it is actually that slightly larger keystone that is pretty much the sole factor holding together the entire arch. Without that keystone, the arch falls apart. Just like without Gretchen Wieners, the entire plastics fall apart. But more importantly than that, this is what the gospel accounts do within the canon of the Bible. A quote from Pennington here. He says, The gospel accounts complete and make ultimate sense of the story of God's work in the world, as found in the Jewish scriptures, while at the same time they serve as the fountainhead for the rest of the apostolic witness and teaching. Now, let me decode that for those of you who are not major nerds. In other words... The Gospels are the, quote, keystone, or the Gretchen Wieners of the Bible. The entire Old Testament points and flows to the Gospels, and the entire New Testament is born out of and flows from them. To break that down even simpler, you could say it like this. The Gospels fulfill the Old Testament and give a foundation for the New Testament, In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus himself points out that he has not come to abolish the Old Testament or to abolish the law, but rather to what? To fulfill the law. In the Old Testament, we find the story of a people who are desperately trying to reach and relate to their God. And not only does Jesus live as a perfect example of what that looks like, But he also made it possible for us as human beings to live that kind of relationship as well. Therefore, in this way, Jesus fulfills the promise and the hope and the trajectory of the Old Testament scriptures. And then in the New Testament, we read about followers of Jesus essentially working out what it means to live in and build upon the foundation that he set in the Gospels. This is why we constantly see Paul and Peter and James and John and the other writers of the New Testament referring back to Jesus' life and his teachings that he gave in the gospel accounts. Again, the gospels fulfill the hope and promises of the Old Testament, and they give a foundation for the New Testament direction as God builds his church. The gospel, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is, as another scholar said, the very hinge of history. So, what does all of this mean for us, you and me, as 21st century readers? Well, if the Gospels are the keystone, the the center, the hinge, the gateway to the rest of Scripture, then I hope you can see that learning to read the Gospels well is the first and vital step to learning to read the whole Bible well. Which, by the way, learning to read the whole Bible well is an initial and vital step in transformation, in growing in your faith, in growing in your relationship with God. And so if I can, as we draw to the end of this very, very long series on this podcast, if I could show my cards a little bit for a second and and speak from the heart this series has never solely been about teaching you to read and understand for short ancient biographies. That's not really what it's about. At its core, this series is meant to set you up in such a way so that you are perhaps open or more prepared or more ready for God to do a deep and transforming work in your life through his word, through your study of the gospel accounts. Remember, we talk about it's not just for information, but for transformation. You see, learning to read the gospels well has never been the end goal of this series. The end goal, for me at least, is for your eyes to be opened to the truth that, just like he is for scripture, Jesus is the fulfillment of everything we've been searching for, And he is also the foundation for the life that God has called and created you to live. And so, if you have been following and listening along in this series, and like I have, you have been captured by the vision and the beauty and the power and the freedom of Jesus' life, then I want to encourage you to take a pause today, and maybe even take a pause right now. And to simply say yes to the fulfillment and the foundation that Jesus offers. Just take a moment right now, if you feel led right here over this podcast, to say yes to the invitation that all four gospel authors point to. Jesus' invitation to come and follow him and to join him in this work of bringing the good news of the kingdom of God to earth as it is in heaven. So, I just want to thank you all for hanging out for this entire series, nine full weeks. That's a long series, longest series we've ever done on this podcast, but I hope it was helpful for you. I, I love the opportunity that I have to perhaps unlock scripture in a new way for people. That is one thing that absolutely gets me out of bed in the morning because these words have made a profound difference and and change in my life. I am not the same person when I started reading the Bible as I am today, and I want that to be true for you as well. Um, But this is ancient literature that we're talking about that is centuries, millennia old, and so it can be a bit difficult to access. And so I hope what this series has done for you has maybe made uh, these gospel accounts a little bit more approachable and inspired you to read them for the sake of transformation, first and foremost. Uh, if, if you did enjoy this series, please consider leaving a review. That really helps the show out a lot. And also, a little preview for you. Next week, we're starting a brand new series. And I didn't talk about it actually on my YouTube channel, what the series is going to be. But I am going to talk about it right here on the podcast. So good for you, JohnCast listeners. Next week, we're launching into a series called The Calling Question. We're going to be going into a short series about calling and vocation. And the really bad questions that many of us, I think, have been taught to ask surrounding what it means for God to call us to something or for God to have a a purpose or a mission for our lives. I think there's a lot of bad questions that the church has given us to discern what that exactly is. And so over the course of the next several weeks, what we're going to be looking at is what are some better questions that we can ask to discern what God's calling and purpose and mission for our life might actually be. So I hope you'll tune in next week as we begin our series, The Calling Question. But until then, that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for listening to the Johncast. Thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this show possible. That is all I have for you. I love you all. Keep being awesome.